Merry Flixmas to us. Welcome to Christmas and Chill, where a married couple walks you through the winter wonderland of Netflix-produced Christmas movies. I'm Katrina. I'm Algus. And this is Christmas and Chill. Today, uh, we've decided to watch A Christmas Prince. So, uh, Katrina, I think that first hit the shelves last Christmas. Uh, actually, it was last Thanksgiving, or right around last Thanksgiving. So that was uh, Thanksgiving 2017, in case you're listening to this in the deep future. Right. And when that popped up, uh, as you're finishing digesting your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, you're realizing, oh my gosh, Netflix, they are in the Christmas movie game. Yeah, so I've been so low and depressed ever since I cut cable and I no longer had cheesy Hallmark movies to go on. Watch out, Hallmark. Yeah, like, I don't have to pay for that Hallmark app. I can just keep my Netflix subscription, and they'll keep serving up the classics. And they just keep coming. So when we saw that it wasn't just a Christmas Prince, and that, like, they're coming out with movie after movie after movie, like, every week there's a new Christmas movie. Well, they, they came out strong. A yeah. Christmas Prince is, like... If a fucking you, masterpiece. If you want to inspire the ro- the Christmas romantics, which two words would you combine? Christmas and Prince. Those yeah. together are the peas and carrots of of Christmas movies. And it's like, oh, I have so many great things to say about it. So maybe we should just uh, launch into the description of it. Is that is it too soon? Oh man, they, uh, I don't want to give too much away. You know, let's launch into it. So uh, here is the synopsis. Okay, so Christmas Prince. American journalist Amber Moore is sent to Aldovia, which is a fictional or slash real country in uh, Europe-ish, to cover the ascension or abdication of Prince Richard. Poor Amber, who's been chained to the copy desk. This is a big break for her journalistic career. Richard's father has passed away last Christmas, so he has one year to rise to the throne. Uh, A palace employee assumes that Amber is the new American tutor. Uh, So he lets her into the palace, and Amber goes along with this lie for, like, the entire movie. Uh, Amber is not the American tutor, ha. She falls for the prince, uh, and she gets all this top-secret footage, uh, which she has this moral dilemma over whether or not she should release this kind of footage to make her career because she's in love, and what are you going to do? Let's see. She gets found out. Everyone's mad. Amber saves the day. Prince proposes in the snow-filled streets of Chicago slash New York. We're not sure which. And boom, that's a Christmas Prince. That is an excellent description of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't let me let it go as long as I wanted to, because I really wanted to like, and then, and then, and then, and then. There's a lot to unpack, but I think we got some of the the high points. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And and the reason why we don't really know what city, uh, what's an Amber? Amber, yeah. Is because the introduction of the movie, I I think it really sets the scene of what is this adventure (laughs) going to be. It is going to be something that just taps into everyone's romanticism about Christmas. Sure. uh, And kind of uh, plot... The, the fear of plot holes is kind of secondary here. So with the intro, it just has um, B-roll shots of New York in wintertime. 
And sometimes and like there's Central snow Park. on the Central Park. There's sometimes <laughs> snow on the ground. There's sometimes no snow on the yeah. ground. Uh, no continuity. And then at the end, I think there's a, a random shot of uh, Chicago. So I think when they yeah, were, there's a Chicago flag very visible in like yeah, the last shot. I before think they I think they just rolling. searched for. Uh, New York City wintertime yeah. and the, the search engine was like city wintertime and Chicago is a city <laughs> and that is the b-roll that you get on a Christmas Prince and actually I think the greatest part of that whole intro and we're just we're in the first 30 seconds here like I'm unpacking this it's like knock off rocking around the Christmas tree which I love like fake Christmas songs more than anything. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, Netflix has decided we are going to quick fire as many Christmas movies as we can. In order to do that, we need to make these as cheap as possible. We're going to cut some corners and it's going to feel just fine. Yep. Everyone's still going to be happy. And I have to say that I was still happy after watching this movie. Uh, As as a husband that is pulled into uh, the Christmas (laughs) season by a spouse... Uh, I was happy to come along for the ride, I think. Uh, it, it was truly, truly magical. Uh, and so uh, the other thing I really want to touch on is Al- Aldovia. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think it's a Germanic principality. However, there's very strong ties to England. Yeah, like, because everyone has a British accent there. And, like, the prince's uniform is really close to, like, what William and Harry would wear yeah, on their again, wedding Again, touching days. on yeah. romanticism. Right, which it's everyone you, loves like, the Okay, family. some people like the British royal family, but Aldovia is probably a small principality uh, where there's a playboy prince who's always in the tabloids. I think it's like Monaco. I think they wanted to make it like Monaco of the Alps. Maybe, where everyone speaks with a British accent. Yes, so it's like the best of everything that American people like about Europe. Again, you need to suspend your disbelief about this existing on this planet, uh, any part of this movie, and just kind of go along for the ride with the romanticism. Just buckle up, or buckle not. Up. Yeah, you just, know? just get in the Christmas season, or go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's an ultimatum issue, but that's fine. So anyway, we got to talk about Richard because he is described in all these uh, great ways, like his royal hotness, yeah. which I love that one. And he's a, I love also that they cast him. He looks kind of like William and Harry. They like got in the ballpark. Yep. They had to. They had to. <laughs> um, but but he, he's like he a playboy and scandalous socialite. It's like that's the suffix to his name. Like Prince Richard, the playboy and scandalous socialite. His royal hotness. Well, what's hilarious is that apparently he's a hard-to-find individual. He's, he's yeah. camera shy, but when he does get in front of the cameras, he's he's hot and uh, controversial. But Amber, who is a low-level employee of this magazine, <laughs> she is assigned to this prince. This is her beat. This magazine is like, oh, here is some high gossip. We can sell a lot of issues of this thing. We're not going to send our top fashion editor. No, no. We're going to send this little chick from the copy desk. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be her big break. Although her editor does say, like, it's during Christmas time and nobody else wanted to take the time off. So uh, yeah, you're so getting out there, They sweetie. do try to fill those plot holes a little bit. Which I preach. But appreciate so that, that that's another theme, I think, it is... Uh, so something that uh, that Amber does with her dad is she's like, I don't know if I want to make or break my career or stay home for Christmas. 
I think these journalists in this universe of this movie, they, they don't have the drive that they do with journalists that I've worked with <laughs> who stay up till 3 a.m. like working on a story, making sure everything's right here. It's like everyone just stays home for Christmas and, and chills out. Yeah, like I used to work for a newspaper and like when it started to snow, you know, me being a little wimp was like, I'm going to go home and be safe. And they were like, no, we'll bring a car out to get everyone because whoever <laughs> has an SUV is assigned to pick up all the other journalists and show up. Anyway. The news never sleeps. It doesn't. It doesn't. People are sitting at home looking anyway. So yeah, so, very, very interesting dedication from this magazine. Yeah, uh, Non-dedication from the magazine, from Amber, uh, feeling like she needs to kind of not commit herself to a life changing story. <laughs> But, like, let's talk about her dad, because he is just a real gem in the movie. Like, he's a perfect New York stereotype. Like, mm. I'm a I'm a tough dad, but I'm also a big old teddy bear. <laughs> like, that's pretty much... That's what the romantic type's like, oh, and Netflix provided. He's like the dad everyone wants, you know? Yeah. He's just, like, the mm. perfect touchy-feely, but also kind of like, Hey, you're in my... Oh, yeah, he has a diner. Oh, hey, you're in my diner. It's all in the house, but it's five bucks for you. <laughs> like, that kind of crap. Yeah, it's awesome. He's got those nice relationships. Yeah, so it, again, it fills you up with that romantic glee. Yeah, and we have to note that Amber, uh, that they lost her mother, so that will become important, you know, as the movie develops. Again, it's another checkbox for, like... Yeah, like, get... <laughs> that's a sad thing to say, but, like, you know, tragedy mm-hmm. in the past that, like, makes them extra emotional at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tugs at the heartstrings. Yes. So, uh, heartstring tugging, do we fast forward to the trip to Aldovia? Oh, for sure. We need to talk about the Sasquatch man that steals a cab. Yeah, so like, the Sasquatch is- man, uh, just total foreshadowing in your face. Of course, the jerk who gets in the car is going to be the uh, tr- uh, the romantic interest. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. He has to be. Doesn't she? Oh, she goes, selfish jerk. So, like, this guy jumps in front of the cab line. Yeah. And, like, takes her cab and after... And the line in Aldovia for a cab is apparently, like, 20 people deep. So, like, Amber's been there a while. Yeah. Also, it, just to note, uh, the size of Aldovia. This is the Aldovia... International, International Airport. Airport. Mm-hmm. So, this whole country, or principality, as I, I'll <laughs> continue to call it, has one airport. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, before I forget this, later on in the movie... When they show the airport, it's basically like one gate and O'Hare. No, they they show like giant airplanes taking oh, out. That's right, but they do have like the painting in the background that's just like a ribbon that says like Aldovia, and it's yep. like the gate to Aldovia. Yeah, so a little bit of inconsistencies. Like you don't know whether it's a huge hub for travel or whether it's just a small regional airport for a small principality, but. Doesn't matter. It's sponsored by United Airlines. Uh, <laughs> it very much is. <laughs> very much is. That's fantastic. So then they're leaving the airport. You know, she finally gets a cab after Sasquatch Man cuts her off. It's this guy with, like, sunglasses and, like, a big nasty beard. Yeah. Um, Clearly someone trying to hide their identity. Yeah. Or just a Sasquatch. Or just a Sasquatch. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Those Aldovian Sasquatches are fierce, I hear. Um, so anyway, so like they roll up to the castle and it's just enormous, just decadent, wall to wall. I'd have to say the whoever uh, found the the site. Oh, gorgeous to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got to be Switzerland or Germany or something. Yeah, like probably. Bavaria. Yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, it was. It wasn't too understated. It was. It was a palace. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I think the, the Aldovians are rich. The, the prop department could have done a lot worse with the budget, but they, they found a nice, nice at least cast. some aerial shots. Yeah, yeah, at least some aerial shots. I think the interiors were pretty nice. Mm-hmm, they were. Maybe they found some kind of Swiss uh, rich person who just got into the Christmas spirit and said, "I believe in the Netflix." <laughs> Um, I believe in the money that Netflix is offering me <laughs> for this set. Oh, I bet Netflix didn't have a budget for this movie, but oh, but they I don't know. They spent a little bit. They Maybe, promoted yeah, it heavy. Yeah, yeah, I guess as the the flagship Netflix Christmas special. Right. Yeah, maybe they had a little extra budget with this. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we're at the palace. There's this big pressure on the press conference. Oh, big, big deal. Well, and they're like, because the prince is supposed to show up and say whether or not he's going to abdicate. Right. But he doesn't show. And uh, so another thing that I want to highlight about the press is, I, I guess, Aldovian, the, the country of Aldovia has uh, a a pretty tempestuous relationship with the press. Uh, I don't think they like them very much. No, it seems very touchy. I, I well, they don't like how much they've covered Richard. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe they do the have deal. a personal beef. Like, the the royal family feels like it's been misrepresented. Well, and they've got some skeletons in the closet, which we'll find out later. But, you know, they don't want them sniffing around. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those are pretty uh, bad skeletons to have. They're not bad. They're legal they're just, skeletons. They're legal skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever. You don't want any snooping journalists going through a drawer and finding out some types of documents. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> that seems crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, okay, they, so they don't like the press. Uh, Aldovia's like got terrible PR, a PR department that can't accurately portray the prince. Right. And his big heart. <laughs> <laughs> if he really has a big heart, I think that, well, maybe it's like if it bleeds, it leaves. And so oh, yeah. maybe uh, there's just like not enough juice there. But then again, like, why is this prince in the tabloids? Why is everyone interested in a small royal family? Think they're, like, did you know that Sweden has a royal family? Um, I did because one of them married one of the British royals, I think. Yeah. But see, like, no one cares about most yeah. royal families. And uh, here's one where supposedly the gossip magazines Everyone care. cares. Everyone yeah. cares. Yeah. Everyone cares enough to send uh, an entry-level <laughs> editor. Right. Who then, you know, the press conference doesn't happen. And she's like, she's so determined. And I, you got to admire Amber. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. She's so determined. She says, I'm not going home empty-handed. So she breaks and enters into the palace. It's a light B and E, but it's a B and E. Like she, oh, she doesn't break anything. She just enters. Uh, security. Well, I think security, security is loose. another yeah. another theme throughout this movie, or lack thereof. Uh-huh. So uh, I think it's a little bit of a militaristic, uh, um, a little bit of a militaristic country. They okay. they have their uniforms. Uh, they have that big statue out front of maybe some kind of king with, like, a bunch of medals. Yeah. Uh, it could be peace medals. It could be peace medals. Uh, but there is no security in this palace at all. I, I'm i kind of shocked. I guess the only, the only security guards you see are, are occasionally maybe a couple of... Uh, the dudes with, like, the sword things. Yeah. Which... They're pretty well put together. Again, yeah. props to the props department for... For the two costumes they designed. <laughs> two costumes they designed for yeah. that. Uh, We're proud. But yeah, so a, a journalist is just able to wander in, and then a security guard comes up and then quickly assumes that she's the tutor. 
based on her because American of, accent. Right. She didn't. He, the security guard didn't ask for any credentials. No. Nope. And uh, you must be the tutor. Yeah, you have an American accent. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm the tutor. He's like, you're Martha Anderson, and she's like, yes, I am. Yeah, it's not like the security guards were given like pictures of this tutor that was supposed to come, so that they know who to expect. <laughs> There's no credentials given. Security. I, I'm not a security expert, but I think that there were some breakdowns. Yeah. Uh, under more dangerous global circumstances, uh, Aldovia would be in trouble. Yeah. You know, lucky for them, things seem pretty peaceful other than this whole throne business. It's probably... They have a prime minister, though, so like... It is a constitutional monarchy. Yeah. Uh, But I think that the citizens are probably afraid because uh, the the royalty threatens to throw people in a dungeon fairly regularly yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which I think for a constitutional monarchy doesn't really make much sense. But then again, it's a Netflix Christmas movie. I should suspend my disbelief. You should. You I must. Should just come along and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And, and I guess hearing somebody with a British accent say, you'll go to the dungeon. I guess there's something fun about that. Yeah, uh, it's like, you I sound should, like you're from London. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you just kind of enjoy the British accent and the British stereotypical things that you can hear. Yeah. I wonder how British people feel watching A Christmas Prince. <sighs> Do you think that... Uh, would they be offended? I don't know. Is there like cultural relativism going on here? Like, <laughs> what's really at stake? <laughs> this has nothing to do with cultural relativism. I just wanted to drop it in there. Yeah, I think uh, we, we can probably go pretty deep on, on some of these things. Yeah. So anyway, if any of our British listeners would like to chime in, you can hit us up on any of the social media accounts that we have not yet developed. <laughs> we'll find out if those exist by the time we publish. By this. the time this is published, you will know. Um, okay, great. Uh, so she's Martha Anderson. She's the American tutor. All of a sudden, she's not Amber Moore anymore. Yeah. And, uh, she's she, in. She's in. She walks up on the Sasquatch talking to the queen. Yeah. And she's like, the... OMG, the Sasquatch is Richard. Oh, I know you. No. Oh, and you shaved. Oh, he didn't shave yet. That's next day. <gasps> right. Yeah. Because yeah. she needs to, like, make the connect the dots. And yeah. I think if he would have shaved, she would not have connected the dots. And she, like, breaks a really expensive vase and does a terrible curtsy, which is funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It's funny. Well, so during this scene, she also meets uh, who I call Tiny Tim. Oh, my God. So, uh, <laughs> of course, they need to throw in a Tiny Tim-type character into this show. Yeah, and, I guess uh, you're right. What's her name? Princess? Princess uh, Emily. Princess Emily. But she's, like, mischievous. Tiny Tim is, like, a good little boy. Well, but she walks in. Like, the first scene is, like, aw, it's somebody who's, like, sad. Yeah. But then quickly you find out that she's angry. She's quite sassy. She's quite sassy. And then, like, over the course of 15 minutes, like, there's intense sympathy for this character that it built in this movie of, like, oh, my life's just been so difficult and that's why I'm so crotchety. Right. And I, I think that that transition happens very quickly. That was some good exposition. She just laid it all out. She's like, do you know why I'm in this chair? Do you want to know what's wrong with me? Like, she yeah. just lays it all out. I feel like the writers of this movie just want to kind of move it along. I think it could have easily dragged of having like a long, a big reveal. long montage yeah. of, oh, over the course of a week, we finally get to know her and her icy exterior melts and you find her warm interior. But like, no, over the course of 15 minutes, she's like... Listen, this is why I'm a bitch. And then it's like, oh, that's okay. I'm so sorry for you. Well, let's be friends. And then it's like, you're supposed to love this character all of a sudden? I mean, she's all right. I get, she's all right, yes. 
So I, I guess we all have. Uh, I felt sorry for her because she hasn't been treated like a normal kid and she just wants to be a normal kid. Right. She's a princess, number one, which is automatically not normal kid territory. Number two, she has a, a condition that is very difficult to manage. That's right. Which also makes people feel sorry for her and look at her differently. And she right. just wants to be normal. She just wants to be normal. So you gotta feel for her. That's gotta be hard. Yeah. And like, who are her friends? Yeah. Like, who do they, who does she play date with as a, also, how old is she? She's somewhere between the ages of seven and like 15. Um, because she makes that drawing of the the lady of the castle, Mrs. Avril, and it right. looks like a nine year old did it, maybe at the max. Oh, uh, no, like five, maybe. No, yeah. that's more. I think we need to work on what. I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a developmental psychologist, but I think <laughs> her drawing skills are they lag a little bit. I mean, it could be because of her condition that she has. She's got such a sharp wit. Maybe, uh, she, sharp wit, but maybe her motor skills might be a little bit lacking. Perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and if any doctors want to chime in. And, yeah, uh, please better receive us at, at twitter.com <laughs> slash Christmas and chill. Slash not eat, don't even know if we have a Twitter yet. Yeah, uh, we don't play on Twitter. We'll, we'll try it for you guys. Um, all right, so we got through Princess Emily. Uh, also, well, that was the other thing. So she does this drawing that's like very rudimentary, and then she is like doing trigonometry. Which yeah. I don't think I took until senior year of high school. Granted, I was not the fastest mather, but still, yeah, and, that's uh, a big spread. Maybe to be a royal, you need to know trigonometry. At like age nine. Yeah, because there's a lot of numbers to crunch. <laughs> like, how many people do you throw in the dungeon? Yeah, fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emily admits early on they don't have a dungeon. You know? Yes, it's just a threat that they have constantly. So anyway, that the bond between Emily and Martha slash Amber is just so fast mm-hmm. that Emily invites her to like a cocktail party yeah. where you get to meet some more of the royals, which is pretty dope. And yeah. you find out like who the evil royals are, and you get to meet the prime minister. Yeah, you get to you get to meet everyone, but guess what? Uh, we're not providing you with any clothes. Like, bring your own clothes. <laughs> and she's only prepared for journaling. Yeah, journaling, <laughs> journalizing, which. You th- you'd think as a journalist, she would get sent to the castle with a little bit more professional attire. I thought it was like business cash. Yeah, but if you're going to report on royalty, business casual doesn't cut it. Well, she didn't know she was going to be in the castle, like sleeping there. Yeah, they were like, we'll just send to the hotel for your things. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Wouldn't they then have been like, we need to pick up Martha Anderson's things? And they would be like, who the F is Martha Anderson? Also... <laughs> Did Martha Anderson die? Like she just never. Well, shows she wasn't up. supposed to come until after Christmas. That detail is in there. Oh, I missed yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, so, so she was actually supposed to show up, and that was one of Mrs. Avril's. Oh, suspicions. right. She was surprised. Like, oh, why are you here so early? <laughs> why are you here before Christmas? Let me see your not? credentials. Never mind. I don't need to see them because I assume the security guard would take a look at those. Garbage, total garbage. But it's fine. We're all fine with it. So Bad anyway, security. at this cocktail party, August, do you want to talk about jellied meat? Jellied meat. Oh, yeah. So they... Uh, <laughs> they serve sophisticated food at this cocktail party. They serve party. sophisticated food. And I guess traditional Aldovian fare is jellied meat. On like a Ritz cracker. On a, yeah, on a Ritz cracker. It's, <laughs> it uh, looked like a Ritz. <laughs> now, as Jellied meat on the Ritz. Personally, as a fan of Aspic, uh, I, I think their, represent, their mischaracterization of Aspic was offensive. I mean, they just took like cookie cutters and cut them, cut aspic or jellied meat into smaller pieces. I think it was just like gray play doh that I don't know. It, 
Do you feel very hurt? I feel culturally. very hurt. Culturally. Okay. I'm very sorry. I would like to apologize <laughs> on behalf of the makers of A Christmas Prince. All, all the all the aspect lovers out there. Maybe, Chime in on our Twitter. Maybe, maybe one day uh, movies will represent that wonderful food in a better way. You know what? Maybe that's your enough. You know, next year when Netflix asks us to make a movie <laughs> after we go on tour <laughs> for this podcast, then, yeah, then it'll happen. All right. So we definitely need to talk about Simon, the Lord of Duxbury, who is the evil cousin who, if Richard does abdicate, then he becomes king. Right. Or he has the opportunity to become king. Yeah. So you got your typical royal feud here. Yeah. You got your... Uh, well, the interesting thing is, so we don't yet know that Richard's the good guy. Right. It's still all very up in the air. Yeah, because... Well, but based on Emily's opinion of Richard, Richard's a good guy. Okay, right. I think. So, so I guess the movie has established at this point that there is a good guy and a bad guy. But Richard's not, like, fully proven to be a good guy yet. Right. And this, like, saucy mink Sophia, Princess Sophia, or what is she... Duchess Sophia, something. Uh, gold digger. Up. Yeah, gold digger Sophia rolls up too. She, I don't know. If she's like a cousin or something. She like sort of used to date Richard. Yeah, she wants the crown. She want that crown. She wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> At whatever price, <laughs> she'll do it. So if it has to be with Simon Lord of Duxbury, Duxbury, then that's fine. And if it's with Richard, all the better because Richard's hotter. Is Duxbury a region in Aldovia? It has to be. Are the, so it's big enough to have multiple regions. It's probably just like two counties. It's like Aldovia <laughs> County and Duxbury County. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it, right? right? And maybe there's like a third one, then that's where Sophia's from. Right. Yeah, but or, anyway, let's, let's gloss over that. She's detail. some sort of nobility. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know. Amber Amber slash Martha gets back from this party and she's like got to download with her friends and tell them what's going on. And they're like, I love her sassy friends, you know, back in the New York slash Chicago office. Oh, yeah. They always check in on her. Yeah. You go and record everything. That story, girl, uh, that I wrote down uh, where there's a tiara, there's dirt. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) That is just clutch, man. It's such a good line. Yeah, it's really props great. to the writers. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, so we roll into. I've said roll like a thousand times. I just apologize for my nuances. Um, the moody, introspective piano prince who's like sitting there playing a very simple piano uh, song. Yeah. So uh, unless you have something else. In yeah. Yeah. There. So he's playing first Noel, Which and is then pretty simple. And then she comes in, and the line is, "I quote. I have this in my notes." Yeah, you're very talented. <laughs> and like, let's let's call it what it is. Like, first Noel is just a scale, pretty much. Like, it's nothing that crazy. Yeah, it, it, musically, not like he's playing a rendition of it. That's like multiple wow. chords. Wild and again, crazy. Netflix probably was just playing. Like, they probably found like here's uh, royalty free first Noel that we can play in the movie. Yeah, that's probably true. And uh, or maybe Richard, the actor, is very talented. Maybe he is highly very possible talented, <laughs> as said by Amber. Yeah, maybe uh, he took uh, a week of hardcore piano lessons before shooting this film and learned how to play the piano. Yeah, he did like method acting, and he was a prince for like for a, a week, year, probably a week, <laughs> probably a year. And if he, if he learned how to play uh, that song in a week, then he is very talented. Yeah, I guess it's all it's all relative. Well, anyway, props to everyone on this hard work. Uh, okay. 
That's pretty. Oh, and then she's like talking to him about whether or not he's going to abdicate. He's like, I have to go meet my mother. (laughs) Cause like he kind of wants to tell her, but he also wants to be coy. Yeah. So like, why doesn't he communicate this with everyone? Like, he doesn't know yet. He does. He's conflicted. I think. Man, that's not very responsible. He's had a year to think about it. I, I guess if it's a constitutional monarchy, it's like, not really that big of a deal if he advocates it's like if i wake up it's like uh do i want bacon or do i want eggs it's like it was pretty big deal when king i'm gonna get this wrong i apologize to everyone in britain was it george who abdicated edward abdicated the throne right and that was a big deal everyone was pissed that's a royal family that mattered true this is a small Aldovia matters i I guess aldovia does matter if the if the tabloids are tied up in it, then it definitely matters. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So does he want to stay in the limelight and be misrepresented by the media? Yes. It is something that he said at some point. I don't remember if it was in that conversation. So anyway, we cut to Lady Sophia. Lady Sophia, that's right. She's not a duchess. She's lady of whatever. She, like, gives Richard a heart ornament. It's like, would you put it on the tree? <laughs> Be gentle with it. It's like, oh my god, lay it on thick, girl. <laughs> She's out of control. She's so crown thirsty. She like can't help herself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, an easily dislikable character. Like you know, within a second that you're not going to like this character. And then somebody, I think, like the queen asks the prince, like, "Well, who will rule the country?" And I'm like, probably the prime minister. Like, yeah. probably none of you. Yeah, like royalty, what do they do in this country? I don't know. Like, they're a tourist attraction. Yeah. But probably not because, like, you don't see anyone visiting the castle, really. The only people who go right. there are is parliament. The press and parliament. Well, the, yeah. par- the, the press, they're sent in there on a van. Right. And so they're not even allowed to kind of wander around. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not supposed to. But yeah, if you just help yourself, they'll assume, based on your American accent, that you're (laughs) probably a tutor. I think the next part is probably my very favorite part of the movie, if not second favorite. Is it Snowball Fight? Yes! Yes. Okay. It's so every trope you've ever wanted out of a romantic movie where there's like laughing and giggling and tackling but then they also insert like tiny tim is the third wheel in this scene she is well she has to be there to like transition the scene to the snowball fight yeah so like she happens to be there as like uh what do we do with this character she's just giggling on the side she's just giggling on the side throwing she's keeping it pg yeah she's keeping it pg while they're like rolling around in the snow and like the classic like oh we fell on top of each other oh no our faces are close that's interesting oh my (laughs) but then they break it up because princess emily right because they realize there's there's a third wheel oh and the snowball fight was great because uh, Simon, Lord of Duxbury, and Lady Sophia roll up in... I said roll up a goddamn again. Anyway. They slide up. They slide up, actually. In a sled. In a sled. A horse-drawn sled. And they see the snowball fight. are like, ugh, such children. <laughs> and then Simon waves to the driver to drive on. But, like, the driver isn't facing him, so I don't but know how he gets the, the memo. He has eyes in the back of his head. That is really impressive. Aldovia's got some great horse drivers. I, yeah, very impressive. Very. Bad security, great horse drivers. 
Wow. Oh, so mm-hmm. then they get back to the castle. Wait, aren't they all punished? Yeah, they're all punished because Princess Emily wasn't supposed to go out in the snow. Right. But then the queen is like, by the way, I'm the queen of tobogganing in this. <laughs> yeah. And Not those exact words, but, like, you catch my drift. Well, because she sees uh, a smile on Emily's face. For the and first. she hasn't smiled in over a year. Because the dad's dead. Right. And she's, it's just been a difficult time. Understandably so. Right. Yeah. Um, and Richard's been gone because he just, like, bailed after his dad died. Right. He abandoned his family. Very difficult. So the prince is still being pretty introspective, not sure what he wants to do. So he goes out on a horse uh, heading toward his dad's favorite hunting cabin in the woods. And Amber sees him leave and she's like, gotta be on that. Because so I'm the reporter, even though I'm so in love with him. Very complicated. I, she's conflicted herself. Yeah, she is. It's a hard choice to make. Because like, do she even mentions it later to her friends. Like, I'm going to ruin this guy's life. I've got a job to do. Well, we haven't talked about how she's going to ruin that life yet. I mean, because, like, she's getting the inside scoop. She is getting the scoop to do. But she's also getting a little something else, too. Yeah. She's falling for him. She's falling for him. Oh, yeah. When she tells the friends, like, he's not what I expected. They were like, you are so in love. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Definitely. uh, So she's in the forest. Yeah. And they lifted the scene straight out of Beauty and the Beast. It was a complete rip. Like, 100% fully. Yeah. Like, if the horse's name was Philippe, it would make just. Yeah. It would just be a complete circle. Yeah. Horse gets spooked, uh, bucks her off, she falls down, and then there's wolves. Yeah. Well, a single wolf. A, a single, lone wolf. A lone wolf who's just growling at her. Uh, hasn't ripped her to shreds yet, isn't really approaching her. It's snarling. It's it, barking. It's just snarling and barking. It, well, I don't understand. Amber's fight or flight made me very disappointed. Cause she just like sat down and scooted against a tree. I, she definitely went for fight, but also lay down and die. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, then the prince comes to the rescue. He does. He fires a bolt into the air. Yep. Wolf dog runs the off. The wolf is like, I, I don't like that. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just yawned. I'm like, that's enough. All right. That's enough so, of that. So the wolf wolf leaves, uh, and then they go back to the, the hunting cabin. Yeah. They this do. This is uh, where, uh, where Watergate happens. She breaks in. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't know she's going to get into that. She's just being saved. He's making her a hot cup of whiskey or something. Uh, like basically a Aldovian hot toddy. Yeah. She's like, what's in this? Okay. They're in the cabin. They're talking. Uh, I kind of zoned out during this scene. Oh, my gosh. There's so much important stuff that happens. They find, like, the dad's journal. And in it, there's this mysterious riddle. And, like, as they're looking at it, they almost make out. But the riddle, it's just a weird thing to make out about. I think Richard was just really wanting to make out. Yeah. um... And then a horse whinnies outside. And he's like, I need to go tend to them. So he runs outside instead of making out. Yeah. Um... It wasn't a particularly romantic thing to make out about. Right. And, like, the the cryptic thing from the dad, like... Had to do with, like, a seed and, like... I would have just assumed... A bond deeper than blood. I would have just assumed, well, the dad was probably old and off his rocker and a little... Well, he was sick, right, before he died. A little sick, so I would have just dismissed it as, like, uh, his age got to him, so this is just a nonsensical poem where his brain is starting to shut down. But... 
for whatever reason, they automatically think that's some kind of brilliant poetry that means something. Well, he was he was known for like issuing riddles of sorts. I guess being like his own personal Da Vinci Code type. Yeah, like and so laying out all the stuff. This poem is. And the year before, he had given, or the year that he died, he gave the mom this like acorn wooden ornament, and it says something about a seed. And this will become important later. Right. So. Anyway, they don't make out. He goes outside to check on the horses, and she's Snoopy Deloopy, so she crawls yeah. under the desk and, like, starts... She finds this, like, random crank under the desk. Yep. Pulls the crank, and out and, comes and, the secret part of the and desk. And starts the Aldovian birther movement. Yeah, definitely a birther yeah. scandal. Yeah. She turns a crank and uncovers a birther scandal. Yeah, and, and finds the adoption papers right next to the birth certificate of... Yeah. The, the forged birth certificate. So, like, there's some legal issues. With, like, why didn't they... They could have easily just burnt up the adoption papers. I don't know what's legal with adoption, and I don't know the laws of Aldovia, so I can't speak to this. Well, and maybe some U.S. I adoption figured if adoption papers are a smoking gun for... Uh, but somebody's probably got, you know, CC'd somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it, was, a maybe it was a copy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, and I saw that he was born in the 90s, and I was like, crap, I'm old. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> that hurt a little bit. Ouch. The sting. Anyway, um, she finds him the adoption papers. She takes him. Takes him. Goes to her room. Yeah. Uh, and then she starts writing. Yeah, she's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I found. She talks to her friends, and they're like, you have to leak this. And she's like, but it'll ruin his life. Because he doesn't know that he's adopted she's Hmm. pretty sure he doesn't know or else he would have already not taken the throne because according to aldovian law as it is known that day he has to be a direct bloodline and he would not be a direct bloodline as an adopted son and so then she's uh, asked to leave the room someone knocks at the door yeah somebody knocks at the door (laughs) she's asked to leave the room (laughs) she leaves the room well it's richard it's richard yeah, Richard comes to get her to take a walk because he, like, wants to pick up where they left off or something. Right, yeah. So uh, they, he takes her out. He's like, I don't know much about you. And she's like, Richard, there's something I need to tell you. And then it's like, like, harpstrum, and then they make out. And right. she, he's like, what did you need to tell me? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> You're something very consequential. And by the way, someone's breaking into my shit. Yeah, so while yeah. she's out... uh Lord Duxbury and Lady Sophia are up in her room going through things because something's suspicious. Oh, my gosh. What a mess. So, anyway, that's all happening in the background. The next day is the Christmas Eve ball where he is to be crowned. Right. And so, I guess it's a, a tradition Aldovia that your, your coronation is Christmas Eve, right? I think. Or was it that the father died last Christmas and he had, they have exactly one year? Maybe. It's one of those two things, or a combination of the two. I don't know. Logistics are thin, but... So I I think this is why it's called Christmas Prince, because it's like, this is when he's no longer a prince. But anyways, the coronation ceremony is not public. It's the only people in attendance are uh, all the members of parliament. Mm -hmm. Their families. And their families. Uh, And the ceremony is similar to a wedding. Yeah. I mean, it's like a ball. They're dancing. No, but like, there's like 
the actual ceremony, uh, especially like if there were any objections. Now. Yeah, that part was totally stolen from a thing that rarely happens in weddings anyway, but always happens in TV weddings. Yeah, so again, it's Netflix pressing those romantic buttons. This movie doesn't have a wedding in the script, so let's make the coronation feel like a wedding. Well, before we get to that, we have to talk about Amber's big makeover. So Princess Emily is like realizing, well, she already knows who she is. And she's like, you don't have good enough clothes. I arranged a full makeover. And then, like, you know, Glam Squad descends on Amber, makes her over. And then there's the big debut where she's at the top of the steps and it feels very she's all that. And, like, here she comes and she's wearing her Converse because she's so edgy. She sneaks down the stairs. Richard is like, everyone's looking at you. Uh, So, yeah, they go into the... The ball, they dance together. I think mm-hmm. he gives her a kiss on the dance floor, does he not? I believe so. Or at least very close face. Yeah, but I, yeah, so let's forward to the ceremony, because that's the important part. All right, okay, it's a romantic movie. <laughs> <laughs> the important part is all of it. Well, the important part is, instead of everybody lawyering up, they wait for this moment of, are there any objections? Right. And uh, the, the bad world. Yeah, there's no confirmation it. hearing for this. No, it's just, does anyone object? And it's like, oh, yes, here's this legal document that says... Uh, oh, I do. That says, uh, this is not, that he's adopted. Guess what, buddy? You're adopted. Yeah, like, bad reveal. Yeah, it's very heartless. It's very, oh, yeah. It seems like a very, something you could, like, tell in private with a lawyer in the room, of course, if you want to take over. Right. Like, yeah, what, the right. If you got your sights on Aldovia, like, wouldn't you want to make sure this goes all right? Yeah, you you don't try to make make a big scene of it. Behind closed doors, you bring a lawyer and you're like, I see that you're adopted. And here's my lawyer, and he's going to tell you why you're not going to be king. Yeah. Uh, but instead, in a very public way... They... Can we talk about the setting of the very public way as well? This is one of, another of my favorite features of this movie. And it is how janky the, the throne looks. Like... Right. There's a string. Yeah, it's like worse than home goods. It's like you bought a few sets of string lights. Mm -hmm. You hung them from the ceiling of this high school gymnasium. You put a chair from home goods. That's right. We talked about the chair being from home goods. Probably spray painted it gold and stuck it up there. Yeah, so the props department, I think they kind of. He has a home goods pillow. We're getting towards the end of the movie, so the budget was probably burned up. I mean, you don't know that they shoot in order. I don't know. But uh, it looks pretty low budget. Yeah. Basically, everything's been pretty regal until the coronation where it looks completely bootleg. Right. Which I love. Yeah. So coronation happens. Doesn't happen. He finds out he's adopted thanks to Lady Sophia. Yeah. Then he's angry at the world because he doesn't even know who he is anymore. Lord Duxbury is thrilled with all this, by the way. He announces that he and Lady Sophia are going to be getting married and ruling the country. Right. And then they go to Parliament and try to get everything sorted there. Yeah. Uh, but it's Christmas Day. Nobody's going to come out for a coronation on Christmas Day. They're at home eating pumpkin pie or whatever Aldovian people eat on Christmas Day. A jellied meat pie. Probably jellied meat. Oh, and during the reveal, they were like, how do you know he was adopted? And she was like, I uncovered a scheme from a journalist. And everyone's like, oh. And they're like, is it true? And it is. It is true. She tells the truth. She's been trying to, but she just keeps getting kissed by that handsome prince. Yeah. So then a lot of stuff happens, like, real quick. Um, Amber 
is in the airport crying to her dad on the phone about how she messed it all up and she ruined everybody's lives and she just wants to go home and then she realizes her dad says something that sparks something in her head and she realizes that the acorn ornament has something to do with that cryptic poem in the dad's journal right and so it's basically a national treasure quickly yeah. packed in here Nicholas okay. cage pops in Nicholas cage pops in and we're gonna look in the acorn oh my god it's the changed law. Signed by the king. The constitutional monarch, he can create an executive order that changes the lineage rules. Which actually, I think the queen in England has done that. So, okay. I mean, not too far-fetched. All right, so I guess that, that happens. I'm not I'm not an expert on... I've watched too much of The Crown. On, on royalty. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's this post-mortem change in law, and everyone's like, yeah, that's the, that's the, the right Yeah, the verification is very slim, much like the other security measures within this country. Yeah, yeah. so the, the last second, they, they give it to everyone in Parliament, and... Uh, that's it, Richard's king. Richard's king. He says, you know, you're my family. Now he's going to be Christmas king. Yeah, I'll have to be Christmas king. I'm so excited to watch it. But anyway, that's that's leading. It's getting ahead of ourselves when you talk about why there's going to be a royal wedding. She goes back home. She right. writes her piece. Right. It's too fluffy puffy, according right. to the editor. Yes, she so says, we're going to throw it away. Right? And she's like, take this job and shove it. Right. I'm quitting this stupid I'm going to go work in the deli. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to go work in the deli and do my blog. Cause, and the, the best thing about the blog is that her friends are like, Amber, you have 20,000 hits. In three weeks or some like really ridiculously low metric, and yeah, you're like, so it's oh like, no, it's like all of her friends. I earn like five bucks. So yeah, so the deli's paying her bills, and her passion is the blog. Yeah, but uh, her real love in life appears outside. The deli. There's a snowball that hits the window all of a sudden. Right She's at- like, who's attacking our business? Oh, it is a Christmas prince, New Year's prince. Uh, Mm -hmm. in this case uh and he is completely he has no security detail no none not Uh, he's in the middle of the street yep there's no cars no cars i mean maybe maybe aldovian security blocked off the road could be they 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 cleared it out it's all safe uh so then she comes out then clock strikes midnight does it oh yeah yeah yeah, because it's new year's eve (laughs) that's right it is new year's eve and so of course like the proposal at new year's eve yeah, and this whole scene is like a complete rip out of the last scene of Bridget Jones' diary. Like, it's around New Year's. They're out in the snow together in this snowy street. Well, it checks all the boxes of being very romantic. It's like proposal that's surprise. He is, uh, the, the guy comes back for... He gives uh, this really smooth line, which I love, which is, a palace is lonely, or is a lonely place for a king without a queen. Bam, bam, bam. It's like, perfect proposal, my man. man. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, like, how long are you going to leave a king on his knees? Oh, that was a good one, too. Yeah, he was really full of the uh, the sassy one-liners. The ring, the poor ring, looked like it was from QVC, and yeah. God bless QVC, but yeah, dang. And so something that happens in a lot of romantic movies is uh, quick engagements. Like, I'm just so in love with you, and we have to get married right away. Right, yeah. So I think that probably sends a bad message to oh, people. But doesn't he say, it. like, if you still love me in a year, we'll get married? Maybe. Yeah. I can't. That might be from another movie. I Don't quote me on that, but yeah. I think you've already seen too many Christmas movies that sully your, uh, your memory. Yeah, it's true. It's possible. All right, yeah, so then they're engaged. They're engaged. Dad's inside, giving the, like, fatherly smile. Yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, that's uh, the Prince of Aldovia. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's really sweet and precious. I'm pretty sure I've cried the first time I watched it, or at least I, like, had the big smile tears. Or just, you know, the gasp of, like, it's the prince. He's yeah. here. I mean, Netflix was checking boxes, and they checked all the ones that make pe- that make you cry. Make me cry? I'm sure that was the only one. I'm sure. There were many others who cried. So, do we get to our rating system at this point? I mean, yeah, so, Alex, how did, just overall, how did you feel about this movie? So, uh, my rating system is, uh, the, the best score you can get is five out of five Santa emojis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give this four Santa emojis. Okay. It is uh, a solid Christmas film. With, with a low budget, they did very well. There were times where I had just had to pretend that things weren't that choppy. But overall, I think I felt good about myself watching the movie. All right. I'm really proud of you. Was this your first, like, chick flick Christmas movie? No. Uh, you've made me watch other ones. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. If people Love can. Actually. Do people count Love Actually as a chick flick? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, so my rating system is uh, Christmas trees or just trees in general. Um, and uh, my max score is five trees. So I went back and forth on this one, but I think I'm going to have to give it four and a half trees. Uh, so that's like four trees and one little short tree that's growing up like a Charlie Brown tree. There's intrigue. There was scandal. There's love against all boundaries. You know, what's not to like? Like, it has it all. Like, everything is there. You feel good. You have a lot of hope for everybody. Other than the sets by Home Goods, and I noticed they had, like, different extras wearing the same dresses over and over, which was kind of fun. But that's something, you know, now you can pick it out while you watch it. And, like, how is Sophia that bad of a person? But, like, other than that, I just, I had a great time. I feel in love watching it. And uh, now for the final segment of uh, what is the Christmas lesson of this movie? Okay. What's your Christmas lesson, Algus? Sometimes the most worthy gifts can be painful to unwrap. Okay. Okay. I see the, like, metaphor from the whole, like, adoption acorn thing. Yeah. Right? It's just, uh, she went through a lot to, uh, to finally get the gift that she really wanted. And, uh, I think what I learned most about Christmas is that three days with someone new can make you love them. That is a wonderful Christmas lesson. So, like, if you're out these holidays and you get stuck with a random family that's not your own because you can't date your own family and you fall in love with someone, it's totally possible. Yeah. Day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Christmas, you can get married. Miracles happen. Dreams can't come true. It could happen to you. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we've got. Oh, did I have a tagline? I thought I did. No, I didn't write it down. Well, join us next week. Join us next week. Next episode. Ne- join us next episode as we watch another Netflix film. Which one do you want to watch next? Okay, so there's A Christmas Inheritance, which is the one with plot from the office. Uh-huh. There's a Holiday Calendar, which I I don't want to give away how I felt about it, but I think it would be a great choice as well. Yeah, a Christmas Switch. Uh, Princess Switch. Princess. Which is set at Christmas time. Oh, the Jeff Bezos.